אוקיי, התחלנו, בסדר, אוקיי. Hello and good morning from... תגיד לי מתי? Hello and good morning from Tel Aviv, and I have today a very unusual pleasure and honor to be with you, uh, with the Professor uh, Levenberg, and we are going to talk about the distinctive feature, uh, uh, feature of uh, tissue engineering. Uh, this is going to be probably the most fascinating conversation I had in a while. And she, Professor uh, Shulamit Levenberg is from the Faculty of Biomedical Engineering of the Technion. She's the director both of the Technion Center for 3D uh, Bioprinting and the Rina Avner Shech... Schneo. sorry, sorry. Schneo Center for Diabetics uh, Research. And also she holds the Stanley and Sylvia Shivran Chair in Cancer and Life Science in the Faculty of Biomedical Engineering. So good morning to you, Professor Levenberg. How are you, first of all? And I want to thank you, first of all, for all the wonderful things that you're doing for humanity. It's a great honor, and I'm sure you're going to, people are gonna, going to be not only so inspired by what you're doing, but probably going to finish, when, when we end the conversation, are going to be so much more hopeful regarding so many problems that we have to tackle, so much suffering that you're doing the best uh, possible to, to end or to, you know, upheaval the, the, the suffering from us. So here we go. <laughs> so how are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you very much. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, um, I, was, I was wondering if it's possible, if it's not too personal to ask, how come you find yourself in this fascinating, you know, specific, medical you know profession would you care to share with us a little bit about how your personal journey that led you here yeah so when i thought about what to go and study for my undergrad i thought about different things and i found i read about biomedical engineering and i was very much interested in this i, I actually emailed i mailed to the technion and i asked them for material about biomedical engineering but back then you couldn't study it for undergrad. It was only for a, a, a master and PhD. So I, I decided to start with the biology. And then I, I uh, went to the Hebrew University and really liked biology and started to work in labs there. And then for my PhD, I continued with biology. I went to the Weizmann Institute to study molecular biology of the cell and how cells interact with one another. And when I was thinking about a postdoc, I read about tissue engineering and I really liked the idea about growing cells in 3D and really understanding how cells interact, something that is really mimicking better the, the tissue. So I decided to go to MIT to Bob Langer lab for tissue engineering. And actually I, I went to biomedical engineering because tissue engineering is really one of the core uh, field in biomedical engineering. And after the postdoc, I was recruited to the Technion Biomedical Engineering and I, it was like closing a circle, um, and it was really exciting to find myself there. So this, this is wonderful, and and from the way you're speaking about it, it seems that you're you know getting up every morning ex extremely happy that this is what you're doing with your life. This is this is my take on the way you. I mean, you have so much passion talking about that. So this is what what is being conveyed that you're really happy with what you're doing. So. Uh, 
Yes, I'm, I'm really happy and I'm really glad uh, to be at the Technion. Now we have undergraduate uh, studies in mm. biomedical engineering and we have more than a hundred students every year. Wow. Coming to, to learn this and to get the professional in biomedical engineering and um, many master students, PhD students. So this field is really, really growing very fast. So what you're doing, what you're saying is, but besides your scientific work and this wonderful contribution, you're also creating, assisting in creating the next generation of researchers and, and uh, inventors and innovation and so forth, innovators and so forth. And is, Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So how do you divide the day? I mean, between, you know, the lab and, you know, your scientific work and, and teaching. And I just was, I was simply, I'm simply wondering, are you sleeping at all? So I think the most of the work is in research, but of course, I'm also a, a teaching. So also when I'm saying research is supervising the student, the PhD student in their, in their research. So it's combination of, of the science and the and the teaching so i think it's really it's really very nice combination wonderful wonderful so would you like to tell us a little bit i don't think people totally understand you know these are new terms you know people are used to you know going to the doctor you know the healthcare the hospitals but i don't think that many people really know what is you know uh, bioengineering or you know uh, bio printing and so would you care to you know to teach us a little bit about what does it really mean? So tissue engineering, the idea is to build tissues in the lab. Uh, so you grow them usually with a kind of scaffold that supports the cells, mimicking the extracellular matrix, so the cells can sit on it and 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 proliferate and differentiate. So we, we're making pieces of tissues in the lab, and and now when we have the new tool of three D bioprinting, you can already decide how to put the cells in the right location and how to build the scaffold with, with the printing. But the concept is still to build a tissue that can be later used to repair, to replace uh, damaged tissues in the body. That's unbelievable. So how, how, how this method was created in the first place? I think the concept was um, started by Bob Langer and some mm. colleagues. Uh, Bob, for many years, worked with uh, biomaterials, materials that can be degraded, and he mostly developed them for drug release, so they can really uh, biodegrade slowly and the drug can be released. But then at some point, it occurred to, to Bob and to some of the, his colleagues that these biomaterials can also be used to grow cells on them. And they, because they are biodegradable and biocompatible, they're okay to implant. Um, you can seed cells on them and you can grow the tissue on them. And this is how this field, this is one of the directions that this, how the field started with this scaffold with the biomaterials. That's wonderful. So in a sense, you were part of the group of the pioneers if you were in this lab and you saw all this, you know, how, is, how the profession is in a sense being created in a, no, am I, am I wrong? Yes, I think so. And I was really very lucky to be accepted to Bob Langer Lab and to be part of this Langer network, uh, which is now spread all over the world because many of his students are in faculty position and in, in important uh, jobs in the industry and also founded companies in, in the field. So I think this is, I was really lucky to, to be able to come. <laughs> and actually I came from a biology background 
and uh, Bob is in chemical engineering at MIT. And the lab was very, very in, interdisciplinary. People came from different fields with different type of engineering, medicine, biology, science. Uh, and we all worked together. And this was one of the um, exciting experience with, that I really liked when I came back to the Technion in the biomedical engineering. This, you have the same concept that people are coming with different backgrounds and the field is very interdisciplinary. You have to know different type of engineering and different type of science and to combine it with medical study to understand how you can build things and, and develop new things to improve uh, uh, medicine. Wow, that's, that's wonderful. So would you like to tell us a little bit about some of, I know that you have various different projects that you are working on and uh, why won't we start with the one that is very dear to your heart and that you think that, you know, it's, uh, it's really a new, a new thing that is happening right now. W would you like to tell us about what right now you're working on and what is really dear to your heart? And... So I can start with a very recent project. Yes, of course. Uh, that was just uh, published. And this is a research about engineering skeletal muscle tissue, a piece of muscle. Uh, that can treat uh, type two uh, diabetes. And this is something very, I think, unique because it's not a traditional way to think about how to reduce uh, the blood glucose level. It's not by a different type of drug that uh, reduce it. It's just different concept. And the concept is to take uh, the, the cells, the cells of the patient, the muscle cells, and just uh, treat them and, and teach them how to uh, do glucose uptake in a better way. So we take the cells and we genetically engineer them to have more of the transporter, the transporter that absorb glucose from, from the blood. So we now have cells that can do it better, that can uptake glucose much faster. And we build a piece of muscle from these cells. Uh, and when we implanted this piece of muscle, they changed the whole metabolism of the, of the diabetic um, animal and the blood glucose level was reduced. By the, by the activity of this tissue engineered muscle. And actually we treated the diabetes. So this was really, really um, exciting. And we're now starting to move it, to think how we can move it toward the clinic. So, so just, uh, just to make sure that I understood because I'm not a, you know, I'm not a doctor. So what you're saying, you're re-engineering only a small part of the body in a sense, but then the, the impact is on, on all the body in a sense is did I understand did I understand correctly? Yes, yes. So this small piece of muscle really affecting the other muscle. There there wow. are many ways of communication that the part of the tissue in the body can communicate with the whole body by secreting all kinds of uh, myokines, all kinds of factors. So this uh, piece of muscle, beside the fact that it can uptake glucose faster, it's also affecting the other muscle to act better uh, also. Meaning like, you know, like the other muscles are learning from this, he's becoming the teacher. He's teaching them. I guess though, so. you can look at this way. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a metaphorically, but this is interesting. So how, how do you make a decision which muscle or is it a specific muscle that you already know that, how did you make a decision regarding which, which muscle is it? No, it, I, thought, I don't think it really matter which muscle. Um, mm. And it, I don't think it really matter where you implant it, but wow. in the muscle, you, but we implant it in the muscle. So, yeah. 
And, and just to give, I think, uh, our, our listener an idea, I don't know, but we are talking about millions of people that are suffering from, from diabetics worldwide. And I think one of the problem with diabetics type two that people even, don't even know when they got it. I mean, you, you can be pre-diabetic and you don't know it. And the last figures that I read, and unfortunately it's also when you're thinking about health, we also have to think about the economics. So I think right now, uh, only in the United States they spend about uh, $300 uh, billion a year. It's gonna get to 6 billion like in six years. And by, by 2030, it's gonna be $1 trillion only treating people with diabetics. And, and, and the suffering right now, there is such a horrible suffering. So this is, this is, this is, this is a, a, a game changer, isn't it, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken? I hope so. If, it's real, if, it, if we were able to use this technique to treat patients, this will be amazing. This will be really a game changer. We still have some steps to do before it can get to clinical trials. <laughs> But, but, but I think it's had a lot of potential, yes. So he, it had a lot of potential. You were treating what, rat, mice? What, what? Now we work with mice and we use di different, type, different models of uh, diabetes in, in mice. Uh, in two different models that we used, we saw the effect and we saw the, the, the cure. Um, so now we have to move on toward working with wow. human cells and proving that we can do it also so, so what the next step? The next step is human cell, and then and then and then human. Yes. Okay. No, not no primates. I mean, you're not doing it on other. Start, start from the mice. We have to see what the regulation asks us to do, and okay. And based on this, we'll have. Wow. To is there a timeline for that? For you know. Um. Just in general, so people can understand what does it mean. So. Yeah, it's it's several years. It's years till it can reach the stage of- And how, and how many years have you been working on it till now? It's about five years. Wow. Research. Wow. And how that come- the point of the, this proof of concept that this can really be done, yeah. But, but how did you even come with such an idea? Because, you know, all the pharmacy, all the industry is, you know, focused on medicine and medicine and, you know, insulin pumps. So how come you, you came with this? It's It's- it's a total different definition of the problem and total, you know, like the total different, you know, reframing the problem. How did you do it? I mean, how did you think about it? So I think that um, a lot of credit should go to Rina and Avner Schneer. Uh, they really wanted to uh, make a change in the research and hopefully also in the treatment of type 2 diabetes. And they came to my lab and asked, they said, we have we, we can donate money to fund the research, but we really ask if you can come up with a new idea, something which will be out of the box thinking and, and a new way to treat it that it's not the conventional way. And I, I think due to this motivation, we really sat and had a brainstorming with some colleagues and, and came up with this idea of, of uh, using our, my knowledge in tissue engineering and in muscle tissue engineering, which I've been working on it for many years to try and use this uh, to uh, type two. And because we have the funds, we could really start an, a new project really from the beginning um, and also have uh, be able to take the risk of a project, which is really, you don't know if it will work or not. You have to, so, 
so actually we it's always based on some other research this is how research is done you always based on other data and we saw a paper where uh, transgenic mice where all their muscle was changed to increase this transporter uh, were resistant to diabetes situation so we thought okay in humans we cannot make you know the, the patient uh, transgenic but we can maybe in, in, in engineer a small piece of muscle and maybe this can also have an have a, a systemic effect and this is how we came to this may i ask do you think this kind of i mean this solution i mean the the, the concept can it also be in the future a solution for Parkinson's disease? I mean, I mean, you know, a, a, you know, a problem that has an impact on all the body. Like I'm talking about Parkinson or whatever. I mean, what do you think? Uh, I mean, or LSA. I don't know. What do you think? Because because right now you, it's more than diabetics. You're creating a different path of treatment. I, I think that this. When you have a tissue that can be implanted and fully integrated, like we showed with the skeletal muscle tissue that we can engineer it and it can be fully integrated. So when you have this in mind, I think this piece of muscle can be a vehicle to, to do many things, not only to improve a, a glucose uptake, but it has a potential to do other things that are needed in the body. So there are, I think it is a new concept that can be used. In, not in, only injecting a cell or like cell therapy where you come and you inject cells, you, you really build something and you integrate it fully with the body and it's staying there and it can function to improve situations. That's unbelievable. So, so let's assume that we right now 20 years into the future and we are living in fantasy world. Just for a second, in your imagination, what would you like to heal with this, you know, new concept, new therapy, uh, what, what, what would you see, let's see if we can speed 20, 30 years into the future? I think there will be, there will be many opportunities as, okay. as we go on, but I think metabolic disease is the yeah. first, not only diabetes, but other metabolic disease, but I think other things as well. Which metabolic disease you're, you're referring to? I think there, I don't want to now to mention. No, 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 of course. No, 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 no. I just was wondering. Still okay, in the, you know, working yeah. on the concept and working okay. on. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. To, to really <laughs> mention them. But. No, no, no. It's okay. No, I didn't, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. I just was so, I was so fascinated because I said, well, perhaps we can cure anything with this. This is, well, perhaps I'm, you know, perhaps I'm, you know, too ambitious or, you know, perhaps I'm not realistic or too optimistic, but it's a, because what you're really saying is in a sense, you're, creating a method that will assist the body to heal itself. This is. Yes, I think, yes. And I think this wow. is part of the, the great idea of tissue engineering. When you use a real tissue to repair or replace damaged body. And it, now we see that it can also be repairing not only a specific tissue that is damaged, but also to heal something more systemic. That's unbelievable. That's un how did you feel when you said you said that it at least it was succeed, you know, the sort of success in with the vice. How how the team and you how, how did you feel? I mean, it is very very exciting when you think about something that um, is um, you're not sure that it will work, and then but you say we there is a lot of chance and 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 you know that and you do the search and and you know that the methodology makes sense and it should be 
okay but still till you do the experiment you don't know for sure and no, of so course it's really very very exciting and it's, it's a lot of work and and uh, Rita Beckerman she's a PhD student in my lab who really did the project and led it in the lab and and it was a long journey and she was really very stubborn and and worked very hard even though it was a very long journey but I think at the end when you get to the point where the research is completed and you submit a paper and it's getting accepted and you see that the results make sense and it's had the potential to help patients in the future it's it's really bring you a lot of uh, satisfaction and I'm sure she's very happy about uh, the point that she, that she reached. Yeah, amazing amazing I'm uh... I, I think we are all gonna, you know, look for, uh, and we are going to look forward to hear what 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 are the, what are, what is gonna happen uh, further with this because it's really it's a, it's a, it's a, it's it's mind blowing. I'm sorry to say this in a such you know not a nice way, you know, but I think it's 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 a game changer. It can be a game changer. It's unbelievable. And I I think that part of the thing was that immediately right at the beginning we we interacted with Professor Eddie Carnielli, who is, uh, was the head of endocrinology in Rambam. So yeah. he's a physician, he worked with patients, with diabetic patients, and he also happened to work with the transporter, with the GLUT4 that, that we decided to focus on. So I think this collaboration between cl clinicians and a researcher is, is also very important when you think about clinically relevant uh, problem. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So. So this is a, probably takes so much of your time and imagination, but I know that you have few other things that you're still working on, or would you like to share what is the next one? Uh, <laughs> I can, if we're talking about interaction or collaboration with the, yeah. with the clinical world. So I would like also to mention our recent work, something that was also very recently yeah. published, the work on the ear reconstruction, bioprinting mm. of, a, of a ear. And, this project started by um, a clinician, uh, Dr. Dubdevanik from Shiba um, Medical Center that approached me and said he's working with kids that are born with a um, ear that is not uh, normal, something that is a microtic ear. And- um, What is microtic ear? I don't, I'm not sure that- some, in some uh, conditions, the, the child can be born with one ear that is normal and one ear that is very deformed. Can be very small or very uh, deformed, sometimes both ears, but usually it's, it's one. So, um, and then they, can, they come to him to try and, and fix it. Um, and the method that he's using now is very, very painful for the, for the children and he's, heard about our research in tissue engineering and about our 3D bioprinting uh, approach. And he said, maybe we can do something together. Maybe we can think about a way to 3D bioprint the ear, that it would be the same as the other ear and uh, without um, taking a cartilage from other place in the body that is really, um, it's very painful. So, um, we decided to, to take this challenge and the, the student who worked on it was, she was a, actually a graduate student in my lab and she st stayed for a postdoc or a first postdoc in the lab, Dr. Shira Landau. And um, we said, okay, we'll try and uh, find a method to bioprint 
the scaffold, the material that give us the shape of the, of the ear with all the details and how it should uh, stay and, and remain in the right shape and not uh, being like damaged after implantation. So we designed a way to bioprint the scaffold and seeded cartilage cells on it and really made cartilage on the um, outside the body in the lab that later could be implanted and keep the shape of the ear after implantation. So meaning you're starting ex vivo, meaning you're, you're creating the, 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 the ear outside and then what you, how do you implant it? I mean, so, so we implant it under the skin. So the wow. skin covered it. And um, wow. so it's a surgical procedure, but it's already, a, a hole here is being created. Meaning yes. he's getting a hole. Wow, and yes. and it's 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 a it's a probably adapted to the to his size and his age and so forth and yes and, and you, can it, do and a, you can do a CT scan of the other ear and and then we build the the printing exactly based on this specific shape so you print it according to 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 fit the yeah. other ear exactly and, and there is the question of the functionality of the ear. I mean, is there a difference in the ability to hear or, or the level of, uh, I mean, the hearing is, in, is, is impeccable, the, the hearing of the new ear. I mean, it's totally functional. Usually like, it's, yeah. it's not supposed to, to be fixed the hearing. It's only like external. Oh, okay. But sometime during this surgery, some physician can also open the canal. So if, the problem is there, then it can be open and fixed. But but most of this approach is aesthetic, just the outer right. part of the ear. Well, but of course, because a child, if he's, you know, he looks very different than this. So this is heart shattering to think about all these small children only born and already, you know, my, so, so where are you in this process? Where are you right now? Are you still in the lab? Are you outside of the lab? I mean, so, so we, we, we showed the concept and we published the paper showing the methodology, how we can do it. We also showed it, showed that we can implant it and the ear can keep its shape. And now we are trying to move it more toward a Shiba Medical Center. So they build the lab there uh, based mm -hmm. on our instruction, they build a tissue engineering lab there so they can mm -hmm. continue with the research and hopefully from there, they will be closer to bring it to the clinic and and do it for for kids but there is there again there is some research to do and some approval that need to to get to be able to do the the clinical trial and here what is the timeline in your opinion in general what are talking five years 10 years 15 years how long i don't know how to say years <laughs> <laughs> also in in all of the, these projects when you want to reach the stage of a, a regulatory pathway and safety a, a test, then it's also need, you need a lot of funds. So it's also depending if you're able to raise mm. funds. So usually and you can start a company or a company can decide to, to license the technology and invest some money in it. So to be able to move it all the way toward the, the clinic. So there are some steps that need to be done um, that are outside the lab. No, 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 of course, of course. But this is also, this is, and how many children worldwide, in your opinion, are suffering from this problem? I don't remember the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But unfortunately, it's more than 10, 10 a year or something. Otherwise, oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Other, yeah. And also, it's not only for kids. It's also oh. for patients that you, there is a, a, 
a traumatic uh, injury uh, and the ear need to be uh, repaired or replaced. Um, so there are many other conditions where you need this uh, reconstructive surgery besides the kids that are born like this. Do you think Our accident can, or other? Yeah, that's what I thought. So you can use this method to go beyond the ear. It can be the whole face, no? In the, in, I mean, people are, unfortunately, you know, we have here at the army and people are, might be burned or, so can this method go beyond and, you know, reconstructing the whole face if it's needed? So actually we have a big grant from the European Commission for a facial reconstruction, where we oh. try to do other pieces of tissue and also to do multi-layered uh, okay. tissue when you need not only this cartilage, but sometimes you need the bone, the muscle, the fat, like the, all the layers together, the bone to be replaced. So we're working on, on this direction. And the, the critical step is how you can really vascularize this tissue, how you can bring, bring blood supply to the tissue, because this will allow you to go into larger tissue if you're able to feed them, to feed the tissue outside the body and also connect it right to the blood supply after implantation. So we are focusing on, on this direction, how you can create uh, the blood the vessel network in a tissue when you engineer a tissue. Mm, so this is, this, is, this is a big hurdle that you have to go you come to come over in order to, to be successful in all the other domains. It's like, you know, it's like switching on and off the, the light in a sense in, in the whole system. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm taking such, you know, horrible metaphor. I'm just trying to simplify it for, for people who are not from, uh, from the field. Yes, wow, yes. That's, that's, that's wonderful. And is the doctor that approached you are happy with, with what you're putting on the, the pediatrician that yeah. Dr. Devani from yeah. Shiba, uh, yes, I think he sees a lot of hope in, in this technology and in this direction, and we're continue to, continuing to work on it. We actually got fund from the Innovation Authority to uh, mm. continue and do this translational part of the research to try and move it from the lab toward the clinic. So we continue with the research and hoping to be able to bring it to patients. Mm. So, so this is this is a wonderful collaboration between, you know, the science and the, what you're saying. The real, I mean, the people who take really, really take. I mean, the doctors, you know, in the medical field. And this is a wonderful. Are there are there are there any more collaborations like this that people approach you and say, well, we have this problem, and you think we can solve it somehow together? Um. Yes, it, it's happening all the time. Oh, that's uh, wonderful, but that's wonderful. I think I can, another a very important example is our work on uh, spinal cord yeah. regeneration. And uh, we were approached by the Israel Foundation for Spinal Cord Injury. Uh, and it was some years ago. Um, and they came to us and said, if maybe we can use our tissue engineering techniques to repair spinal cord injury so people that are paralyzed can come and start to walk again uh, and at the beginning you know we were I said okay I have to think about it because I was not working on in this uh, direction uh, before we were working on muscle and on heart muscle on, on uh, pancreatic cells and other but not on spinal cord but we decided to um, to start a project on it and uh, um, it started with a project of a scaffold that is seated 
with stem cells that in, and implanted in the injury site. And we saw a lot of success. The, the rats started to walk again after implantation. Wow. And this was really amazing after really that they were fully paralyzed. Um, they started to walk again. And, but then we decided that maybe this will be a little bit difficult to translate into the clinic, this uh, implantation into the injury site. And we thought about a new direction. And this was also with the fund from the Israel Foundation for Spinal Cord Injury and also uh, from a fund that we got from Shervington, a donation for research and a research fund. And we decided to go and use small particles that the cells secrete and use them to treat the spinal cord injury by modifying these particles. We call them exosomes. These are vesicles that the cells secrete. And we decided to modify them and put in them siRNA that uh, inhibits a molecule that inhibiting the regeneration. So there is, when there is an injury, there is a, a molecule that is going up, a protein that is elevated and, and somehow inhibiting the regeneration and the axon ability to elongate. So we decided, okay, if we will inhibit this, we will be able to allow better regeneration, the axon can elongate and reconnect, and then we can get the, the repair. And um, this is what we decided to do. And this really worked. We, got, we gave the small particles intranasally so they can reach the area of the injury and concentrate there. And again, the red started to walk again. And wow. So this was really an, amazing. So this was mostly a work of uh, Dr. Shaway, uh, Joe, in, in my lab. Wow. Um, and uh, this was a collaboration with the lab of uh, Professor Danny Offen from, uh, from yes. Tel Aviv yes. University. Yes. Um, and this is really very exciting because we founded a company, Nurexon, based on uh, this technology. Wow. And the company will work on uh, how to bring it to the clinic all the way. Again, it's a long journey, um, but this is something that is really non-invasive. You can give it through the nose or by injection. Um, and if it can bring people back you know, to normal, back to walk again, or even just improve their paralysis in some sense. So this is really important. This is extremely important because, you know, once they, uh, you know, I had, we had a podcast here with a, with a wonderful person that uh, unfortunately um, he, you know, he is now paralyzed and he talked about all the difficulties. People don't understand that it's while you're sitting all day, the, you know, you're getting sick. I mean, suddenly your, your body is weakening and weakening. So, so it's, it's, you, you're becoming like a hub of difficult problems just the fact that you can't walk it's it's beyond the fact that you're using you you know you're, you're losing your freedom and so forth and also he saw he said something very interesting is that once people are in the wheelchair they're becoming transparent and he said that when he's sitting with his wife in a, and he's you know he's a well-known scientist and he's a very serious but he, the waiter is only speaking to his wife what he would like like he's an invalid you know or, or an infant what would he, what what should we bring him so it's it's a uh, yeah but yeah. but this is also isn't it doesn't feel like a miracle meaning you're giving a shot or you're giving something through the nose and then suddenly the rats starting to walk i mean 
What does it tell us about the ability of the body if we do it correctly to repair itself? Is it, is it, doesn't I think it, it's amazing. I think, yeah, the body had a lot of uh, power to regenerate, but sometimes we have to, to help the body to find the way to do this regeneration properly. So, no, that's what I'm thinking, but I, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but you think about this beautiful machine that has so many abilities, we don't even think about, you know, how well it is taking care of us, you know, we are breathing all the time without even thinking, right, the air is, I mean, it's, no, <laughs> it's, and, and then what you're saying is that how can you, you know, assist and push the body to recover, it's, it's, a, it's like, it's a kind of a very interesting collaboration, right? I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it seems nearly, you know, it's beyond, in a sense, even though it's medic, it's, it's science, but in a sense, there is a sense of magic, and I'm not a spiritual person as well, but I'm saying, isn't it, don't you feel that it's, 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 it's unbelievable, right? It's, it's, yeah, I think it's amazing. It's, it's very, um, and we know so little, and whenever you learn more and more, you just understand how, how little you know from from the big picture but wow. it's still amazing wow wow wonderful so right now and i like and I, and it's good it's wonderful that again there is a collaboration and also there is a funding so meaning people understand that the importance of it even though there are going to be many fails on the way they understand that the, it's 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 a road that's important to take it's 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 a it's a journey that is worth taking even though even though it's, it's a long one, and especially when you start with something that is new, a new way of treatment, a new concept, then it's, it's, it's a longer journey, but I think it's, it's very important to, to do this. But it seems to me that you're always looking for a new and, and innovative way. <laughs> this is my take on <laughs> the way you look at, no, because, because the, the traditional ways are not good enough. So it's, it's not that you diminish them, but there must be something better. You always build on previous work. So yeah, of course, you always, always rely always. on other people's work. And, yeah, 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 well, yeah. We are all sitting on the soldiers of giants. So, but, but on the way you, you talked about something, on the way you talked about uh, uh, heart muscle tissue and pancreas, uh, do you want and, and bone? And you 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 said it on the way as if it's not. Would you like <laughs> Would you like to talk about this a little bit? I think it's very interesting as well. If it's okay that I'm asking, of course. Yeah. So we the concept of the the thing I think that tie all this issue is the fact that we really wanted to show that we can increase a penetration of blood vessels into an implant. Because let's mm -hmm. say we engineer a piece of tissue and then we implant it. We have to the body need to nutrate, the body need to send blood vessels to bring oxygen and nutrient to the, to the piece of tissue that we just made. And we found and that if we add endothelial cells, the cell that really make the line, the blood vessels, if we add endothelial cells to this mixture, uh, they can spontaneously form the tubes and spontaneously form the network. And we, were able, we demonstrated it both in skeletal muscle a tissue and in cardiac tissue in, as, a, as a patch to the heart and also with pancreatic islets that we can get pancreatic islets and if we seed them with endothelial cells that form all this network they can function better and really survive better 
in the lab, but also after implantation, all this network that was formed in the lab, this engineered vessel network can uh, secrete signal that bring the host vessels faster into the implant. And also what was very interesting to see that we saw connections between the engineered vessels and the host vessels. Wow. And blood can now start to flow from the hosts directly like a highway into the inner part of the implant. And this really facilitates the perfusion uh, of an implant and also its survival and function. So this is really, I think it's a very important step and a very important um, knowledge in tissue engineering and not only not only my lab is working on it but other labs around the world uh, realize the importance of this uh, co-culture adding other cells not only muscle cells but on, also adding these endothelial cells and other cells that can help to form the, the tissue in a better way that mimic better the real tissue so but but this piece of tissue, we, we first demonstrated them as an implant. So you, you have the piece, you implant it, and you wait till the host can penetrate and feed the implant. But in the clinic, when there are larger damages or larger pieces that need to be implanted, uh, the clinician usually will use tissue flaps, meaning that they come with their own blood supply. They will take a piece of muscle or, or from one part of the body but they will take it with this artery, with the vein, with the large vessels and do microsurgery to connect it to the larger vessels in the right place. And by this, when, when the blood flow, immediately everything is fully perfused because you, you transfer the tissue with its own blood supply. So we decided to make this concept, do it also in tissue engineering to engineer tissue flaps, meaning that we can now have the engineer not only the small capillary network, but also engineer the large vessels and we can perfuse through mm -hmm. the large vessels and also later on connect them. When we do the implantation, we can connect it to the, to the large uh, vessels. So in this um, concept of making tissue engineering, uh, tissue engineered flap, we decided to focus also on bone, be able mm -hmm. to make a bone tissue flap. So uh, Idan uh, Radinsky in my lab uh, worked on bone tissue flap and this was a lot of work but this was really uh, very exciting to see that we were able to engineer a bone tissue flap that we can take it now to repair bone defect but bring it with its own blood supply so the regeneration the repair of the bone can be much much better and also we decided to take it another step and do use 3D bioprinting to make this tissue flap. And uh, Arielle Shaklani in my lab, uh, he already graduated and um, he was able to show that we can engineer large vessels and they can connect to the smaller capillaries and we can engineer muscle tissue or cardiac tissue around, around it and implant it. And this can now connect to the blood supply immediately right after implantation. And, and the tissue can survive. So this is a way now to go and to engineer larger pieces of tissue. When you have the way to, to make this whole network, multi-scale Wow. So where, where is this project right now? I mean, is it in the lab? Is it already being used in the clinician? I mean, where? where? So it's still in the lab. We still okay. have a, a work to do. 
uh, we still need to enlarge the tissue to make it larger. And for this, we're using also 3D bioprinting to make larger tissue when now you have the design is more uh, complex than the smaller tissue. Uh, so we're working now on, on this to make the tissue larger and still be fully perfused uh, and get its own blood supply and it, in the lab and also connected uh, after implantation. Wow. And, and looking into the future, let's assume that it's going to go out of the lab and into the clinics. What do you think, what, is, what, what in your opinion is going to be used for? What is going to replace or is it new treatment that never, you know, was, wasn't available. How do you think it's going to be used in the future? I think if we will be able to engineer larger pieces and then implant them, so we can think about many ways that it will be used. Let's say you have a, a large piece of a missing of bone and muscle and you want to implant it. It can be after injury or it can be following, a, let's say, a, a tumor removal when you have an area mm -hmm. that needs to be now uh, replaced with a new tissue so oh. if you don't so sometime now you take the the tissue from another place in the body to fix the damaged area but now you have two places that are being damaged but if you can engineer it in the lab and use it to repair then i think it's it's much 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 better just to make sure that i got it for example if unfortunately someone had cancer and an origin had to be removed, we might be able to replace it with the new tissue, even with this, you know, the same genetic code and to, and to let it grow inside the body in a sense? Yes, exactly. Yeah, this is the Meaning idea. science fiction and it's best. And or for example, uh, instead of doing a full heart implantation, I mean, really, you know, taking another heart and, you know, replacing, do you think this can be a way to, you know, tackling the problem where the, in the, the you know, the, the part of the, the heart that is usually being hurt after the first uh, cardiovascular event? So it might be also a way to repair the heart without doing a full trans, trans, transplant? So I'm, if, I'm, if I'm asking stupid questions, it's okay. Tell me, I'm, I'm good at asking questions, stupid questions. So I'm just- I think right now we're more in the tissue level. Organ level is more complicated okay. because with organ, you still, you also need, it's not only to repair or replace a piece of damaged tissue, you need the organ functionality. So this is another level, but around the world, people are working on uh, how to get to this stage. So we are also, but you know, it's need, a lot of uh, work to get to the point where the whole organ can function uh, but it's on the way i think we're it's not there yet we still have research to do to be able to engineer such complex organs but but as you said if someone had to you know you had to move a tissue now you, we can replace it and and i think it's 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 it's, it's wonderful i'm just thinking about all these women who had the, the baraka you know, mutation and that cut, you know, parts of their body because they want to make sure that they can be here and live for the, for the children and, you know, be a part of their, li their life for a long time. And perhaps now we can assist them with, yeah. yeah we have a project in the lab on uh, breast reconstruction. Really? Um, using 3D bioprinting and scaffolds and, and cells to find a better way uh, to make these implants 
So again, it's in the research uh, stage, in early research stage, at least in our lab, there are things that um, we need to, to develop. But I think it's, yes, it's something that we would like to be able to do to help patients like this. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm sure that if there is a heaven, you already have a, there, I think a whole, a whole, you know, skyrocket for you and your team. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying you're really, it's, it's, it's taking medicine and science and, you know, I think technology really and science is for assisting us, the human being. So I think it's, it's beyond, it's beyond any imagination. I think 100 years ago, no one would have thought that this would, that this will be possible, right? I mean, it's something that is started to being possible in the last, what, 20, 30 years, even to 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 yeah. dream about it yes. and yeah and I'm, I'm i think i'm also very lucky to be at the biomedical engineering department with really excellent students that have engineering background but they're all all their motivation in to improve medical situation and to improve medicine so this combination of engineering toward medicine or engineering better life as we say uh, I, I think this is a um, the fact that I'm surrounded by such a bright uh, student, uh, this is something that's allowed us to do the work without this. <laughs> there is a that. mutual inspiration circle. It's, it's like a, a, a positive uh, yeah, circus that everybody, the inspiration is coming from all sides. And so it's in collaboration. I think you have other issues that you're working on. And I, I don't think that, that our listeners believe anymore that you're sleeping. I'm, I'm just sure about that. <laughs> but I'm joking because you're doing such magnificent, unbelievable work. So anything else you want to talk about? I think you talked about when we, we talked about lymphatic networks, bioprinting, when we talked about, do you want to? About what? Uh, lymphatic networks. Ah, lymphatic, right, right. Another project is... <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm a good student. I'm, I'm learning everything, yeah. <laughs> yes, right. So uh, we were able to show that we can engineer blood vessels and engineer the network. And then we wanted to see if we can also engineer the lymphatic network, which is the lympha. It's a, a different network than the blood. Uh, so different type of uh, tubes, but still connected with the, with the blood vessels and the endothelial cells uh, also build the lymphatic, so it's a little bit uh, different endothelial cells, the lymphatic endothelial cells, but they're very similar to the blood vessel endothelial cells. And we decided to see if we can engineer this in the lab. And uh, Dr. Shira Landau from my lab um, took this uh, um, project on herself. And uh, we mix the endothelial cells, both lymphatic and blood, and, and we're able to show that we can build the network, the vessel network, the blood vessel network, and the lymphatic, and the lymphatic were functioning as lymphatic vessels, that they absorb fluid from the tissue, from the surrounding, and we were also able to implant this piece of muscle, skeletal muscle, with the lymphatic uh, vessels, and show that they connect to the lymphatic vessels in the body. So you have the engineered lymphatic vessels connected to the, to the lymphatic vessel. And we hope that we, we hope to continue with the research and, and hopefully it can uh, shed some light on lymphedema 
and maybe also treat lymphedema by implanting now more active lymphatic uh, vessels. Maybe they can function in absorbing fluid and helping uh, lymphedema. So, I'm not sure everybody know what is lymphedema. Can you, can you When elaborate? lymphatic vessels are not functioning and then you mm. see swelling of the tissue. Ah, okay. Yeah, so, yes. So we hope to, to continue with the research. And, and we, when we're talking about this uh, vessel, it's also bringing another project that we are working on, which is how, to, how you can uh, mechanically affect the alignment of the vessels. And we were able to show that if we uh, stretch the tissue, uh, if we do some mechanical stimulation to the tissue, this can affect the alignment of the vessels, the blood vessels, and also the lymphatic vessels. Wow. And this is very important because for some of the tissues, you have nice alignment of the tube. So uh, for example, in muscle tissue, you have the fibers and you have the vessel aligned in between the muscle. And the fact that by stretching, we're able to get such alignment gave us a better tissue for implantation. And we actually proved that if you want to implant into the muscle, and the vessels are aligned, then we can get better integration and better perfusion of the tissue because they can connect better to the, to the host oh. vessel from the side. Wow. So. Wow. wow, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. We are nearly finishing. <laughs> I know you were, you were extremely kind with us, uh, with your time. Anything that you wanna share that you know, which is, only you know, in your thoughts, in your dreams, any other project that you want to talk about, any any request? I mean, I understand you know perhaps you're looking for some funding. I, I'm sure that uh, because what you're doing is so important. Uh, so I think it's also worthwhile. I mean, whatever you want to share with us. And uh, I'm actually happy to share two oh, other projects. Wonderful. One wonderful. Um, no rush. I don't, I have time. I just I'm I'm simply respectful of your time. I have enough time. So for as long as you want. <laughs> so a project that were, um, came out of the lab and we founded companies based on this technology. Uh, one is uh, Nanosynex, a company that is a microflu small microfluidic device that was developed in the lab. This was a, a project of uh, Yoni Shemesh and then Jonathan Avisao from my lab a PhD student that developed this uh, device that with very small wells, nanoliter wells, that can be used as a small chip to, diagno to do early diagnostic diagnosis. And we decided to focus mm. on antibiotic susceptibility test. So you can test which antibiotics is uh, relevant for specific uh, infection for specific wow. bacteria. Uh, so we, we, de we developed this uh, technology, but then it was licensed to Nanosynex. We founded the company, and now the company is trying to push it to the clinics to have a much faster way to know which antibiotics you need to take uh, when, um, when you're hospitalized or just when you have infection. Uh, and shortening the time is really very critical. And by this uh, small device, we were able to show that indeed you can shorten the time. So wow. one thing wow. I'm very uh, proud of. And, uh, and, and also the, it's, 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 you know, because it's, it's stopping the, 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 this process of, you know, trial and error. You right. do it, it you, you simply erase broad, it. Yeah. And instead of giving just broad antibiotics, you can early, very early know exactly which antibiotics you wow. need to take um, 
So it's a part of precision medicine, in a sense. Uh, yes. Personalized uh, precision medicine. Yes, because, yes, yes. Wow, wow. And this is going to be, I mean, in the end of the day, it's going to be like on every uh, doctor, you know, clinic, then instead of, you know, writing down the prescription for everything, well, let me check. And then this is the right one for you. So also it's going to assist with the waste of, of and of all the suffering of trying and retrying and all of this. And wow. Then, yeah. Long hospitalization till you find yeah. the right antibiotics. So, wow. So hopefully. And just in a, just to finish with no 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 it's okay I'm with you I don't, I'm not in a rush yeah uh, when we're talking about uh, skeletal muscle tissue we at some point uh, one of my students Tom Benarier asked if we can try to use this technique of cells and tissue to engineer small piece of muscle that can be for food uh, to take instead of uh, human cells to take the bovine cells and edible scaffold and to create engineer muscle tissue that. It can be used later as a steak for food. And based on this technology, we founded Alefarm uh, that is not working on making these uh, pieces of uh, thin cut steaks uh, for food. So it's a different direction than the medicine. No, I think it's, it's a different kind of medicine, you know, because uh, I think the Rambam said and, you know, all other very, that what, whatever you put in your mouth, it's also a kind of a medicine, right? You know, you, you are who you eat and what you eat and so forth. So I think it's, it's, it's still, it's, it's, it's not within the body, but, you know, for external to the body. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And it seems that also you, you're working with wonderful people and, and there is a sense of, uh, I think, mutual uh, vision and mission and, and, and uh, you know, um, collaboration, which is towards, you know, really improving human health and, and life and ending suffering as much as possible. Yeah, we hope so. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you very I, much. I want to thank you on behalf of all our, our listeners. For me, you are a source of inspiration and um, you, do, you don't see it because it's the Zoom, but I have tears in my eyes a few times during this conversation and um, I think I'm very blessed that I was capable of starting my morning with you. Thank you for everything that you're doing for us. Thank Professor you. Thank you. Thank you.